Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Whoa, guess what? La Liga's back. When? Last night. What happened? Last night it came back. Sevilla beat uh, Getafe 2-0. Uh, did you and watch I, I didn't realise. Did you watch it? I just, watched the, I just watched it again this morning as live oh. on La Liga TV. And if you've uh, not got La Liga TV on your Sky, uh. you can get it free till the end of June. Seriously? Yeah, there's a, there's a cord. Do you want me to find the cord? Yeah. I mean, what's that? What's that's that's two and a half weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, La Liga TV UK free. Uh, and you just do it online. Uh, yeah, bear with me. There's two matches on this evening as well, and the matches all across the weekend, and I think they're all being shown live. I think the Italian Cup is back this weekend, mm. and then the league starts again midweek. Uh, where is it? And of course, Premier League's back from Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah. Stupid oh, football man. coming back. Just, just, hang on. I'll try and find their their tweet because it's on there. It's definitely on there. Uh, but they've got they've got like um, up the side of the pitch. They've got green screen going on, and they've got crowd cartoons <laughs> sort of superimposed up the side of the pitch, and they've got the crowd noise going on as well. So it feels a bit more real than. Uh, than the original uh, comeback German matches were, which were like training ground games. Yeah, well, hang on a minute. Didn't I predict that one day they would use green screens around the side of pitches? Yeah, last week. I predicted that on Monday. Monday. (laughs) Today, it's Friday. Mm -hmm. My predictions have come true. I'm like Nostradamus, but I'm a fast-forward type. So I can kind of, the predictions I make come true often within the week. And who was it who predicted uh, a DJ controlling the crowd noise? That was me yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, so, you know, we're well ahead of this. And uh, we got a message. I got a DM from Tommy Stewart uh, mm-hmm. with uh, about a mate who was being commissioned to create the crowd noise for Old Trafford after restart. Really? And that they didn't just want generic crowd noise. They wanted something that was automatically responsive to the action. Exactly, that's what they need. So, are, are they going to be able to do that? Is that I think doable, so. Yeah. I think? Fucking nice. Algorithms, hey, mate. La Liga TV. If you've got it via Sky, you can use the code Back to Win, all one word, Back to Win, uh, and you can do that. You go on premiersports.com slash subscribe now, and that gets you a free La Liga TV. To and let presumably, there's so games there all weekend. Well, I'm all over it. There then. is. They're showing everything. Yeah. Yeah. So football is well and truly coming home. And I said I hadn't been missing it, but I kind of have really. 
now that it's back and I'm watching it, I'm like, whoa, I've missed this. Whoa, football. The men <clears throat> kicking the ball around, shouting. Some of them, yeah. some of them doing Tackles. it with their head. Some of them doing Being it aggression. with their foot. Some of them even doing it with their chest or their knee. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I just hadn't been missing Sunderland, that was all. Mm. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the weekend ahead, I think. For uh, shit weather and football on the telly. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of cups of tea and some Spanish football. What more do you I want mean, out of life? I, I think they're showing all of the Premier League games live, aren't they, when that comes back? Yeah. They're all staggered, so you'll see everything. So it's going to be like 90 games in four or five weeks. It's going to be like a World Cup tournament. It reminds me of the film Rollerball, where it, it, well, it, I think that you know <laughs> COVID, yeah. COVID might have actually been created by, you know, dark money. The powers that be. Yeah, yeah. probably footballers. You know, a syndicate of like Set Blatter, Michelle Platini and like, mm. I don't know... Um, Who's that winger who used to play for Blackburn with blonde hair? Stuart Ripley. Yeah, him. Uh, I could have said Jason Wilcox, but I guess correctly. That's amazing that you guessed Stuart Ripley straight away. Um, (laughs) So, yes, Stuart Ripley. Ripley, He'll be involved. And maybe Wilcox too, his old mate. Maybe they're in it together. But it's like Mm. they created... they, They created... They got a bat in a laboratory. One of them bummed it. By doing mm-hmm. that, it created a killer virus. They released. What did the other one do? Hold the bat. Uh, where well, he had a knife to the bat's throat. This is grim. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> uh, COVID has affected everyone's mental health in lots of different ways. Right. So, and some of us aren't thinking right. But um, yeah. So what's, anyway, what's the bat been, they released. The, the they disease re- had been I don't know how to they the bat, worked here. For, scratch what I just said. It's speculation, isn't it? I don't know who did what, but basically, <laughs> to who? To who? Right, but <laughs> basically, once Ripley and Wilcox had created this virus, they released it um, onto an unsuspecting world, specifically yeah. to have football shut down for long enough for people to resign themselves to a world in which football, A, did not require fans in stadiums, B, could be broadcast live all the time, non-stop, in order to, C, enslave a brain-dead population, (laughs) right, Uh, who would suddenly be happy to, who'd got so used over three three months of just sitting on their arse in their tracksuits all day, um, mm. doing nothing, staring at a wall, that once you gave them wall-to-wall, non-stop, live, top-flight football, they were more than happy to sit there doing nothing. Passive, more or less sedated, right? Yeah. Um, the government would pay them a small amount of money until they died. This would reduce the population, as would the virus. There would be yeah. less people living on Earth. There'd be more to go round. And all you had to do was keep, like, the vast majority of, like... Mm imbeciles just sat slack jawed staring at football fanless yeah. football and who rakes in the profits who do you think Wilcox and Ripley, Ripley Limited <laughs> right registered where oh surprise surprise Panama don't think <laughs> Panama don't think that the fucking Brit- British taxpayer will be seeing any of their revenue back it's all going on Ripley and fucking Wilcox's underground fucking 
mm. compound. It's incredible that the pair of them are so connected in our minds, even though they operated on separate wings and so almost never interacted during a football match ever. No. But we see them almost as one, don't we? Yeah, as one. Yeah, one, one being, one vessel. Yeah. I'm just thinking we've just got a, a fairly high-profile new sponsor uh, appearing on the podcast sort of in the next few days. They're going to be listening to this episode. Yeah, take out the bit I said about the knife at the bat's throat because they don't they don't want to be associated with those kind of images. And nor, nor do you or I, frankly, so just cut it out. Yeah, I'll try and remember. Uh, but, yeah, so... What what else has been going on? What's well, happened with your? Uh, what's happened? I was going to say that that scenario you've just painted there, that picture you've just painted, that could easily be the next Delaney novel, choose your own adventure novel. Mm. What happened to the first one with the, the just robot? Stop in doing a, in it. Prison? Just just got. You just stopped. Not, I wouldn't say I got bored. I just got distracted by other projects. Yeah, probably but COVID. Now I'm much more into the Chichester dossiers, which is my <laughs> yeah. new work of fiction that is being crowdsourced. Um, yeah. you'll, you'll have seen I might uh, you may have seen on Instagram and Twitter I put the post the promotional poster out for episode we, one I mean, we, sh- we should say that um, you're only going to know about the Ch- Chichester dossiers if you are IFS Platinum because it was on the Melchester episode this week wasn't it yeah so you better subscribe to catch up with what we're talking about because it's likely to become the main dominant like topic of conversation for the next few months on this because it's so strong. In short, though, in short, you uh, imagined a solicitor called Jeffrey Chichester, who was uh, you generated the name with Len. We've got a new name generator for anyone working in the fields of fiction, whether that be yeah. novel or screenplays or what have you, opera. We'll just um, quickly bring them up to speed on it all. Yeah, and and it's it's fail safe. It's bulletproof. All you have to do is simply think of a Christian name that begins with a J sounding uh, yeah. noise letter, and combine that with a surname that is simply a place name. So Jeffrey Chichester. So we came up with Jeffrey Chichester. Thought that sounded like quite a cool name for a solicitor. And then between yeah. Andy and I, we realised that it could be like a, a Minder style or eighty or Boone Boone style, yeah, or Spender, any of them people, right? Chichester's Eight. got his unofficial uh, sidekick Jimmy who helps him out when he needs to go on the wrong side of the tracks. Of course, that's Jimmy. Yeah, because Wigan. Chichester will, yeah, he does bend the rules. He's not a by the book yeah. solicitor, but he's who you turn to when mm. the systems let you down, and he will mm. take a. Um, a two-track approach, right? A dual-track mm. approach. One is the law, right? And he yeah. is an extremely talented lawyer who is the sort of guy who always knows a loophole or yeah. a precedent that everyone else has missed. Occasionally, he he is having to deal with unscrupulous adversaries. Mm. And in those scenarios, he is willing to fight fire with fire. And yeah. to help him do that, he has a sidekick called Jimmy Wigan. Who um, Jimmy Wigan? Jimmy Wigan is someone he meets in the pilot episode who he represents because he's a petty criminal and hard man, but his heart's in the mm. right place. And let's just say that he he Jimmy Wigan ends up having a life debt to Jeffrey Chichester, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, to repay that life debt, he is willing to be his enforcer from time to time. 
Yeah. So that forms the core of it. But then in episode two, uh, mm. he is approached by a woman called Julie Bradford. Julie Bradford. Uh, played, yeah. in and my I- imagination, by a young, uh, sort of, four, June, uh, Joan Sims when she was in her Joan 40s. Joan Sims. I've seen the picture you put on the Twitter. It, yeah. And, my God. And so, <laughs> yeah, Joan Sims. Always underrated, She Joan was Sims. underrated because people, she, the comparison was always Babs. So she of was the Batlax yeah. wife. And Babs Windsor was the fruity, slightly younger bit on the side. Yeah. Right? As a result of that, of he course. thought, ah, Joan Sims, I like yeah. Babs. Fuck they're, off. They're, they're, yeah. As but, we get older. Yeah, but as you get older, you think, well, yeah, Joan Sims weren't that mm. bad. Anyway, um, so she's I like, mean, I'm at the stage in life now where I look at Hattie Jakes and I think, whoa. <laughs> if you've ever read Morrissey's autobiography. I have Which is a silly book. But I found... <laughs> Written by a silly man. I, I found it eminently readable. Yeah, but of course it's silly, because <laughs> he, he is a deeply we, silly man. Should we deep dive it, Sam? Oh, is my God. <laughs> yes. It is really worthy of deep dive. Cause the every Morrissey page, Odyssey. Every page is just so <laughs> stupid. I mean, I know nowadays, obviously, we all know uh, he's a he's a ghastly racist. And so, yeah. you know, for yeah. that reason, we dislike him. But... Intensely. But... <laughs> Even if you forget about that bit, right? And yeah. this book came out before. I mean, he's always displayed, even back at the eighties, there was hints that he may be racist, right? Oh, the very least, uh, yeah. very, uh, you know, certainly a, a sort of xenophobic little Englander at the very best. But yeah. anyway, all of that to one side. <laughs> I am not calling him silly because of the racism. He's just silly. He's just <laughs> yeah. a silly person. He's a, a ludicrous figure. He's he's ludicrous man, and. He's got no self-awareness at all, and the book is fucking madness. When he was approached to write an a autobiography, he said, I will only do it if it is published as a Penguin Classic. Yes, I saw that, yeah. Penguin Classics, of course, are bona fide classics that the passage of time have demonstrated and regarded as classics, but... He said, I want it to go straight into print as a Penguin classic. Mm-hmm. And Penguin completely undermined their own credibility and integrity yeah, as a brand fuck, no, by agreeing yeah. to it. They said, yeah. And the book is fuck so it. daft. But there's a great bit about Joan Sims in it because he, you know, obviously the Smiths had these fantastic record sleeves where they put kind of characters from fantastic 60s and 50s movies mm. on the cover. Uh, one of which, I can't remember which, featured Joan Sims. And Morrissey himself, for some reason, had to track Joan Sims down and negotiate her image rights. Personally with her. Yeah. (laughs) And he just writes this amazing anecdote. I mean, Christ knows whether or not it's fucking fact or fiction because it's Morrissey writing it. It sounds like a Morrissey's fantasy because he reckons he tracks her down to sort of quite a dingy bedsit somewhere above the shop and she'd really fallen on hard times. And when he got Mm. there, you know, she was crying. Yeah, that doesn't sound real. And and <laughs> as he's and he chats to her and convinces her to let him use her image on on his record sleeve. And as he leaves, he claims her <clears throat> final words were these: "The last thing she said to me," he writes, "was, do you know Nicholas Parsons?" And I said, "No, I don't, not personally." And she screamed, "Well, he's a cunt!" And that was it. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, yeah, that kind of rings true. I'm looking on her Wikipedia. Her, her later years, she had a long battle against depression and alcoholism. Mm. Um, and, and she was ill. She died seven, age 73. 
Oh, it's no age, is it? In her rented Kensington flat. So, yeah, that that could have been... so maybe it was right. I mean, that is a terrible shame. She was a wonderfully talented actress and very funny woman. Anyway, I've got her in mind, um, despite the fact she's dead, to play Julie Bradford. Julie Bradford, going Mm. back to the Chichester Files, is a uh, former chanteuse who had a few hits in the 60s, has fallen on hard times, and she approached Geoffrey Chichester, hoping that he can represent her to regain the publishing rights to the songs that she wrote and recorded in the 60s, which are now owned by a man I believe is called Jack Glasgow. Is that right? Jack Glasgow, yeah. Apologies if you listened to all of this on yesterday's Melchester and didn't think it was very good then. And now we're going over the whole thing. But we're just getting everyone else up to speed. The reason I am is that... um, it's quite good. Uh, people have already been suggesting episode and character ideas on Instagram yeah. and Twitter. And I think we can pull together a sort of a, a short synopsis of series one of like, in those days, series were quite long, weren't they? And if these sort of things, they weren't like six episodes. Yeah. Minders series would be like, what, 20 episodes or something. Something like a 13 minimum. But we're, uh, we're going to get um, Stan here involved as well, aren't we? He yeah. doesn't know that yet. Oh, we'll bloody we'll know exactly what to do with all this. So anyway... He'll guide us. Um, yeah, I mean, for instance, just looking here on Instagram, Headless Body of Agnew has written, surely it could branch out internationally with the likes of Jose Cadiz, Juan Luis Montevideo, <laughs> and <laughs> Jakob Krakow. Yeah, fine. <laughs> they all work. But like I say, of course they do. My Mine and Len's system for naming fictional characters is bulletproof. So more <laughs> Jeffrey Chichester um, episode ideas, please. Send them in to contact at tftimemachine.com and we will, you know, um, continue to talk about it until people literally stop, start unsubscribing yeah. in their dozens. Only then will yeah. we stop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, been watching any good telly stuff that we can recommend? Uh, I've watched Fowder. I've watched Fowder, which is a. What's I can't, that? can't remember if I've talked about it, but it's a Netflix series and it's a co production between Israeli and Palestinian program mm-hmm. makers. It's a drama good. and it's about a Israeli. I mean, I'll be honest, it's basically about an Israeli death squad. They don't call themselves okay. that that go in behind enemy lines into Palestine and take out known terrorists, usually members right. of Hamas. And But it tells the story from both sides. So you get the human story of both the the people living in Palestine, including the terrorists, who are sometimes mm-hmm. portrayed in you know reasonably sympathetic way, but also yeah. the Israelis and the members of this squad. So on the one hand, I've learned a lot about that part of the world that I didn't know. Right, and the nature of the you know this history and the and the nature of the the conflict and stuff like that. But on the other hand, if that sounds a bit boring for you, it is a fucking sensational action drama too. Right, it's intelligent, but it's there's three series and it is absolutely fucking mind boggling. It's all based on fact because the lead guy in it, who is a sort of a familiar kind of bit like a jimmy wiggan type character um you know he he doesn't play he's a he's a man of the law who doesn't quite play by the rules right good and he it turns out the bloke who plays him really was part of you know some israeli defense unit yeah 
and he really did have a relative killed because there's a lot of that sort of stuff goes on. Like they'll kill your relatives. Both sides will do it. Both sides will target your loved ones in order to either capture you or get something out of you or sometimes just punish you. And it goes Mm. down. And he lost a girlfriend in real life to, you know, one of his adversaries on the other side. And then he wrote it all up into a dramatised version of his life. And um, anyway, it's fucking amazing. What's what's it called? It's called Fowder. Fowder. I think it's F-A-U-D-A. And what's amazing about that, it's such a great name for the series because Fowder is the Hebrew word for chaos. (laughs) (laughs) So the programme is literally called Chaos, right? And the reason they use that word as the title is that when they they whenever they go out like these these guys are experts expert undercover operatives so they look and dress like more like arabs and they um speak fluent arabic in perfect mm-hmm. accents right so that's their thing that's why they can go and operate in palestine and gaza and all of these places um uh, effectively and but when it comes on top as you might say, right? When shit goes bad, which it often does, and they're exposed and everyone goes mental and they're lynched, let's say, in a square. Yeah. They've, they're always wearing, you know, very tiny, like, microphone and earpieces so they can communicate with their squad wherever they are. Right. And when it when a fight breaks out, they just shout, Fowder, Fowder! That's the code. Fowder, Fowder! Chaos, which chaos. Is just chaos, chaos! <laughs> and then the helicopters <clears throat> come in. So I think that's a good thing for us to have as well. Chaos, chaos. I was just going to say that we can use that within the podcast when it gets a bit yeah. leery. Chaos, chaos. Fowder, fowder. Chaos. I mean, I can think of various incidents surrounding this podcast, certainly in recent well, times. There's, there's, there's been one at the start of this episode, I think. Well, yeah. Also, if you think of some of the things that happened to us outside of this. I mean, for instance, during Pharmacy Gate, yeah. I might have just called you up. Well, you were like <laughs> trying to watch a music documentary up in Sunderland and you get a call from me and I'm just shouting, chaos, chaos. And then you know <laughs> that it's all come on top of Delaney. Yeah. And then you immediately do an emergency pod. Yeah. It's like a bat signal. Well, I would have certainly shouted chaos, chaos when that dog got into my daughter's school playground, for example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Might do some uh, rip, chaos, rip chaos t-shirts. involved in, in Fowder at all. I think Is there that any they were. Hint of them? I think they're down as executive producers. Who knows why? I mean, I hear lots of things. I hear things like Ripley and Wilcox funded the Brexit campaign, but mm-hmm. ironically, I heard they also funded the Remain campaign. So what? Go, they're like yeah. those kind of people. Yeah, they're playing both Rip- sides off against each other, like <clears throat> Palpatine in the prequels of Star Wars. They've both they've both got the uh, the franchise of putting up five G masts as well in Britain. They do. So questions to be asked there, I think. I've heard they're secretly working on a clone army <laughs> of themselves. Yeah, they've, they've <laughs> they're creating an enormous clone army, millions of Jason Wilcoxes and Stuart Ripley's to unleash. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who their target is, but let's just say there's a build up of them. It, on yeah. little uh, islands in the South China Sea, there right. are certain is, is, there are certain anonymous islands in the South China Sea that don't even show up on most maps. But if you go yeah. there and find them, you will be fucking freaked out because every occupant of these islands is either Stuart Ripley or Jason Wilcox. 
Do they have different personalities for either of them, or are they, no. are they just kind of droids? That's it. They, destruction droids. They're all distraction droids, yeah. and they okay. they've got very dead eyes. They don't have personalities as such, but they yeah. all have a fantastic cross on them if you put them on the field of play. Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. Quite a lot of that Blackburn team were, were dead-eyed, I think, but that's why Sherwood. they did so well. Yeah. Batty. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Sh- Henry. Yeah, him definitely. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there was no members of that Blackburn team who you thought he'll be a laugh. Flowers. And of course, Flowers. Chris Sutton. We, we learned more about Chris Sutton over the years, and he clearly isn't a laugh at all. No. But... Uh, Tim Flowers. Yeah, think about, Rare it? that you'd get a title win inside with two Tims in it. Tim Flowers Isn't and it? Tim Sherwood. Yeah. Tim. Quite ahead of its time. Middle Tim. class. Like Tim. Which Tim, though? To which Tim do you speak? Tim Sherwood would shout to Tim Flowers when he had the ball for him to roll it out to his feet on the edge of the Ooh. box. Tim. Timothy. Okay, Timothy. Hold your horses. <laughs> Wait. Show some patience, Tim. Cool your jets. <laughs> patience, patience. <laughs> patience is a virtue, don't you know? Uh, if uh. only Tim Cahill had been around at the time. Oh, Tim God, Cahill, exactly, of course, yeah. the only ever Australian to be called Tim. What are you calling your baby? And Tim. Tim. What? <laughs> baby Tim. Tim. What did you say? Tim. Tim what, the baby. What kind of a fucking name's that? Baby Tim. <laughs> Why don't you call him Brad like anyone else? <laughs> he sounds like some sort of pom. <laughs> well, that's the plan. I'm going to send him to Britain. He can become a footballer. Oh my god! You might as Tim well, Breaker. You, you might as well have just had a Sheila, a Sheila baby. Um, Tim Breaker as well. Tim Timmy Breaker. Yeah, we're getting quite close to. Um, Talk sport right at the very depths of COVID here. Who's We're your putting favorite together our Tim? Tim 11. Who's your favourite? Hey, okay, let's look at the next five fixtures. Oh, there aren't any. Right. Okay, get in <laughs> touch. We want to know your top five footballing Tims. Tims. If you can't think of five footballers, we will accept other sports. Okay, it's uh, five to nine. Here's the news. We, we will accept other sports and... Almost other names just, as well. And other na- and Tom's. just other things. Or Tam. Even. <laughs> just name five people. They don't even have to be your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> just name five people. We'll that, put that'll together, do us. Tweet we'll us put at together at a, a first 11 of people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. 
let's do that mm-hmm. now right I know I know we've had people sending in names repeatedly this week update on that coming up I believe Sam yes very much so but uh, yeah we want to put together um, an 11 a team of people and we don't want to know why you've chosen them we just want their names and we'll choose the, the best ones and we'll put them in yeah so get us to them on Twitter or, or the email whatever. yeah don't give us names that's boring yeah just fight you're, you're, you're 11 and they don't have to be favourites they're just simply people you can think of do we have to have heard of the people <laughs> the, f- the first 11 people you can think of <laughs> send them in we don't want to know why we everyone's, just want the 11 everyone's and- goalie is going to be their mum <laughs> yeah <laughs> right uh, I was going to say hang on I was going to say the thing I've been watching I might have mentioned it before Macmillions on oh, Sky no, Documentaries about the uh, McDonald's uh, Monopoly game massive scam from about 20 years ago it's, oh, and it's okay. good. oh it's great it's about the FBI investigation into it there's mafia involvement in it and each episode as it unfolds it, it focuses on a different person who perpetrated the scam because it was all people who were vaguely linked to the uh, the person who was behind it all, uh, and it's all about how they entrapped them and lots of video footage of them because the FBI pretended to be McDonald's and got them to do promotional stuff around the them winning FBI this. The FBI pretending this big to be money. McDonald's. That's yeah, what they just should yeah. have called the series. It's much better. Well, there you go. That's all you need to know. Yeah, but it's dead good. That's on catch up as well. So Matt I like Williams, the idea of an FBI operative in disguise as Ronald McDonald behind enemy lines. Yes, yeah. Fowler, Fowler. Yeah. <laughs> I've been exposed by Hamburglar. <laughs> but yeah, let's move on to the uh, the other game, which was your guess of footballer, Sam. I'll, this, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. This is been quite remarkable. Um, I came up some years ago with what I thought to be the best radio feature ever invented. Yeah. It was for Talk Sport and it was called I'm Thinking of a Footballer. What footballer am I thinking of? Um, I think up a footballer. I put it on record somehow by holding, you know, a newspaper, something to date it and then record myself saying that footballer and then keep that under lock and key so no one else knows about it. And then over the course of who knows how long, I thought this would run for years and years, people just simply have to call up or text in and say which footballer they think I'm thinking of. The first one to get it right, I wanted the prize to be a million pounds. So I thought it's so hard to win because it could be any footballer alive or dead. Right, ever. Quite similar to the McDonald's McMillions scheme. Right. So I thought if we could get someone like McDonald's to put up a million pound prize, it'd be great because it could run and run. It could go on every show on TalkSport and it could just Mm. be a long running funny thing that could go on for years, right? Until the day someone got it. Because think how many footballers there's been, mate. Ever. Right. Well, this is the thing, and you get everyone. To, it, it's fifty pence a text to uh, submit a guess, isn't it? So yeah, it exactly. Itself. So I mean, Jesus. So I thought, fine. Talksport, the commercial department, too short-sighted to ever find, um, you know, a sponsor to get behind this. So <laughs> in the end, I just thought, fuck it, I'll give it away for free to the cunters because we love them, and this is something that they deserve to take part in a but really no million fun pound game. price. We, we should add no. No, pr- no price. price, but no price you're, at all. you're getting this for free. Right, no prize whatsoever. I can't say it strongly enough. So I thought this will run and run. Now, I regretted it. You spotted what would happen, that we'd just have loads of messages with footballers' names, right? 
<laughs> so I quite quickly, re- when I realised people really, you know, people were that fucking bored that they were willing. People, I mean, I would say over 100 people between the text, email and tweet. Well, not text, we don't have text, thank God. But I thought, you know, I thought one or two might guess. Fucking everyone was guessing. So I was just inundated with messages that were just footballers' names. So I put an announcement out saying, from now on, I will ignore any guess that is incorrect, right? (laughs) And I will only respond if someone gets it correct, right? Mm. Now, I'm just looking here. Within one hour of me saying that, because I was already... (laughs) I was already exasperated by the amount of people texting me names. I thought, this will shut the cunts up. I wish I'd never started it, right? Within one hour... Within one hour. One of our followers, whose name is Paddy G, right? PJG Fox is how you find him on Twitter. The most incredible man of all time. He tweeted me, cool as you like, in response to my slightly passive-aggressive message about not responding to incorrect answers, he just casually yeah. tweeted to me, Francis Benali. Oh! Francis Benali was not only the footballer that I had been thinking of since I launched this on Top Flight Time Machine on Monday. Francis Benali, the former Southampton fullback who looked like a short Freddie Mercury and mm. owned his own curry house in the Southampton area. He did. Right. Yeah. He was the footballer that I had had in my mind going right back three years ago, right, when I first came up with this idea of talk sport. I'd never mm. told anyone, but I swear to God, that was the name that was stored in my head and it never changed. Paddy G knew that. I wrote back to him immediately, fucking hell, you're right, that's incredible, are you a witch? And all Paddy G wrote, <laughs> and he, he strikes me as an extremely cool customer, he just yeah. wrote, Cosmos Speaks. And that was the last I heard of the camp. Oh, so this guy has is an important guy to the extent that I was actually thinking of... Because I hadn't even had time to make the jingle. I was going to make a jingle for I'm thinking yeah. of a footballer. What football am I thinking of? Because I thought it would be run and run. But no, I hadn't had time. He'd already guessed it. I Game mean, over. there are millions of footballers in the history of football. And he picked the right one immediately. Right? <sighs> Well, uh, can I just say, can I just say, if I was going to do that game that you did, mm. I would come up with a slightly more obscure footballer than Francis Benali. Well, that's... I think if you'd done that on TalkSport, that would have been guessed within a week. Listen, right? Just saying. The point of the game was not to confound the listeners. The point of the game, right, was that I'm just going to pick the first player that comes into my head, really, which is what I did. Okay. But I can't remember the thought process. But I didn't sit there thinking who would be a difficult footballer to guess. And I didn't think who mm. would be an easy footballer to guess. I thought if it's almost like randomly generated by my mind, that's what makes it fair. And I thought just the odds alone. The only one, I mean, people started saying, you know, Tony Cotty or Bobby Moore or Trevor Brookie. And I'm like, well, obviously it's not going to be one that. of them. Because that's I'll fucking... Your breath no, it's not going to be Paolo Di Canio. You know, like, that would be a gift. But, you know, I thought Francis Badali was about the right balance, but I didn't put a lot of thought to it. I I still maintain that this Paddy character is some sort of witch. Yeah. I'd have gone David Nish. Well, you would have been wrong, mate. I mean... We no, can't, if I was going to come up with a game. We can't just sit here. I'd have gone David Nish. Uh, I don't even know who David Nish is. I've never heard of him. 
<laughs> played for Leicester and Derby in the seventies. Right. Yeah, I don't. My knowledge for, of seventies footballers isn't that played good. Played for England five times. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I so just remember him because at the first ever football Panini sticker book I got, it was the most outstanding name out of uh, the, the whole collection. David Nish. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, funny the cool. players you remember just because you had a sort of an effect, um, an affection for them on your first sticker album. For me, and I'm pretty sure I've discussed this before with people, and they agree <clears throat> if they're my my age, that um, Gary Micklewhite was the one that everyone had doubles of. I right. think it, around 1986, he was the number one most common sticker in circulation. Be interested right. to know what other hunters have to say about that, but I'm pretty sure, um, yeah, Mickle White was the main boy. Okay, are you relaunching this game then? Are you doing it again? No, no, it's done no, now. I've it's been finished. made a cunt out of by Paddy G. <laughs> and yeah. you know what? I'm just looking up Paddy G here on Twitter, and he ha- he's a cool customer. He's only got 35 followers. And he follows 195 people, which isn't that many, right? But he doesn't care because he's Paddy fucking G, right? And he doesn't need validation why social media likes or follows, right? He's Paddy G. He knows everything. (laughs) He's omnipotent, right? He gets the player. His fucking, uh, his bio is simply this, part-time legend. And I have to say, you're right, mate. In fact, you're almost a full-time legend. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, Paddy G, I might get in touch with you. I might actually make you one of the first people to appear on a normal episode. Just, I won't ask, I don't want to interview you, but I might just get you to say the words Francis Benali down the phone. Um, yeah. And we can just put it in send the it in. episode. Just yeah, just send it in, in. and we don't have to actually it. interact. He won't do it. He won't do it. He's gone into hiding now. Why would he do, right? he doesn't want the publicity. Yeah, he won't, I he mean, won't do it. if that was me, right, and I'd pulled something like that off, I would be, I'd have fucking booked my own open top bus. I'd be driving around the streets of whatever my hometown was. I think in his picture, he's got a Leicester shirt on. So I think he's from Leicester. I would have been on an open top bus driving around fucking Leicester city centre. Top off, fucking shouting through a loud hailer that I'd guessed first time the footballer that, you know, someone was thinking of. (laughs) Probably for the best that you didn't do but that. But Paddy G, nah, he's moved on to the next fucking town, the next adventure, next the next challenge, right? <laughs> he's always moving forward. So, well done right. to him. There's another... Have you got, re- your thills- there's Have you got another, anything else you want to add? Uh, there's something else important that has been going on, uh, which is Warp Be Gone. Um, I asked, oh, yeah. I asked for um, advice on how to get rid of a... What would you call it? A persistent wart? Yeah. I'm not sure that's the word I'm looking for. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to know uh, if anyone had any ideas about how to get away with warts. Well, poor, they really did. Everyone did, right? Um, I've had a lot of different uh, suggestions. I'm just typing in the word wart to the search um, bar on my... Okay, all right. Let's see. Some have been boring, right? So this one's from Loreline. I've ripped a small wart out of a finger well, and it Laura, left... I just hang on. Loreline is our official TFTM doctor. Right, okay. Well, yeah. I'm not going to slate her. I'm just saying this is the official <clears throat> doctor advice, right? Which I find less appealing. I've ripped a small <laughs> wart out of a finger 
and it left quite a hole. So your mum's husband isn't having you on. But you'll remember that Rod, out of being married to my mum, has told me to yeah. rip it off, but I suspected that was a power play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only do it for a small walk. Well, what's a small fucking walk? I don't know. Hey, why, why wouldn't I have to categorise mine? Um, you're best going to a dermatologist. They've got a few methods. Cryotherapy, freeze it off using liquid nitrogen, more precise than the one you get over the counter. Yeah, that's basically the system I used over the counter, and all I did was ruin the skin on my calf. They'd paint it with canthardin, which will use the wart to, sh- which will cause the wart to shrivel up. A week later, they'll scrape it off. They might use a laser to burn the bugger out and then follow it with excision, cutting it out. If you want to try a therapy, a home therapy, then apple cider vinegar will do the job. So could We've touched on ball. this before. Apple cider vinegar does everything, oh, doesn't it? Oh, it's a fucking cure-all. Um, Bez swears by it. Bez just drinks the stuff non-stop. Yeah. <laughs> Told me it got him to not have to pay his mortgage. But the That's problem right, was, yeah. when, when Bez was outlining the magical qualities of apple cider vinegar to me, I couldn't help but notice that he was standing about an inch from my face, because that's the way Bez likes to talk to you, right? Yeah, close and, talker. Yeah. And, he, and he just stunk of apple cider vinegar. And, I, course, said, and I, don't, success. I don't care if you tell me, it. you know, it helps me fucking grow extra muscles, right? Or, or you know, <laughs> grow a second arsehole. I don't care, mate. I don't want to go around smelling of apple cider vinegar. Anyway, uh, Loreline says, yeah, you can you can soak it and that'll work. But it, the thing is, these things, I'm an impatient man and they take so bloody long, right? All of these things, oh, I'll do it every <sighs> night for two weeks and then eventually it'll go. No, I want it gone. I've, I'm fed up of it, right? I'm sick of the Hence sight the of phrase. it. Hence the phrase, what be gone? Yeah. Um, okay, this one's from Gareth in Hartlepool. He says, when I was in junior school, I had a few warts on my fingers and leg and my mate told me how to get rid of them. He said his gran had a remedy. Get a red tip match, wet it and rub it on the wart. Being a gullible 10-year-old prick, I believed him and tried it. And I'm glad I did. It worked. They went and they never came back. Um, I've had all sorts of other suggestions. The best one, and forgive me because I cannot find the um email so i can't name who it was who sent it in but um someone said that their irish grandmother told them that you uh, cut a potato in half you rub that potato um you know the sliced bit the exposed bit onto the wall mm. then and here's the crucial bit you go and bury that piece of potato somewhere secret and don't tell anyone where it is buried and then the next day the walk goes okay so that obviously is appealing in many ways because you know it has well it has digging involved in it digging a secret potato i mean fucking hell but the best one of all came from um our mate could you call him the brian epstein of our operation uh or the other one, the producer one. Depends who you're talking about. Uh, Simon Irwin. Simon Irwin, <laughs> right. who, who does a lot of our um, editing of our wonderful films, right? He actually got in touch with me directly and recommended a um, a, a skin surgery posh place up in the centre of London where oh. he had had, and I won't go into detail because it's unfair on him, but let's just say he had a rogue flap of skin somewhere about his person 
he went. Was he in us? No, I'm not saying where it was. <laughs> and uh, no, I mean, I've probably said enough already, but it was, <laughs> it was really helpful because he went there and he paid them 50 quid and he was in and out in like 20 minutes. Bang, laser it off. For a war, he said they'd probably charge less, right? I would rather pay the 50 quid, Andy, to get it lasered off and then just go about my business than I would start fucking rubbing... Like, someone said, get an, an aspirin and fucking plaster that. I saw that one, yeah. Like, Fuck that. I'd try that one. That seems doable. Aspirin cures everything, doesn't it? I can't be arsed with that. But the thing is, even oh, if it works, it's when people say, if you keep doing it for two weeks, you know what? Well, <coughs> I might be off. dead in two weeks. I could be hit From by what? a bus. I, I want it gone immediately. All right. But anyway, thanks so for which all one your you advice try? on Walk Be Gone. You're going to throw money at it. Is that what you're going to do? 50 quid, mate. Come on. I'm, I've been living with this walk yeah. for years. All right. It's worth. Okay. 50, it's got to be worth 50 quid of anyone's money. You know, I think you're right. I had a wall on my knuckle when I was a teenager and I got to university and I was sit, sat in my room on campus in the first week and I was looking at this wall and it was horrible. And I thought, what? I am, I'm not going to get to any fingering with this wall. That is exactly what I thought. Yeah. Right. I, can read I, your thought, mind. I know what, how you think. What right minded young undergraduate, right, is going to agree to let me finger her? Right when this fucking monst- this. this monstrosity, <laughs> this disfiguration, is on the uh, knuckle of my finger in hand. So yeah, I thought <laughs> I can't. I, n- like nothing is off finger limits. The wart has to go. So I went to yeah. the chemist. I got the stuff, and it did involve a lengthy and arduous process, whereby every night you had to soak it for quite a long time Mm. like you know five ten minutes soak it in a wet bit of fucking cotton wool right so it softened then you had to get an emery board right and Mm. sort of file it down a bit the hard skin and then you had to apply what they call a bit of a paint which is basically some sort of like corrosive chemical a drop of that yeah and then you cover it and then you go to bed right this you carry this on for a minimum of two weeks until it eventually goes you know, bear in mind, this is my first term at university. Every night I'm going to bed at an ungodly hour off my fucking tits, right? Yeah. I am not exactly fucking thinking, oh, well, it's time for my bedtime routine. I haven't got a Lampard-style bedtime routine where I do my flossing and I clean my teeth, but I always use an egg timer to make sure that I've cleaned it for a sufficient amount of time. You know, all that bollocks, right? I'm not doing that. I'm full, like any normal, Mm. like, 19-year-old. I'm falling into bed, hoping not to choke on my own vomit before morning, right? But somehow, in spite of all of that, I would, no matter how off my face, I would find a way to to make sure I went through the war eradication routine. Did it work? It worked. But... Did you get do any fingering? Yeah, loads. Well, there you go, then. Um... And so it worked, but I never again. Obviously, fingering's way down my list of priorities these days. Just not, you know, it's just not on my agenda. Back then, it's it was pretty much all, my number one thing. It was my, it was what drove my life. Yeah. Now, no way. 
so I just don't have the incentive to do that every night. But I don't want a walk either, so I just need to get it zapped off just because I'm not it. making a long-term it, commitment like that. Okay. Can we get rid of this episode now? I've had yeah. enough. Uh, quickly, quick game of good or bad. That's okay. the news headline. I want you to tell me if this is a good or a bad thing. Uh, doctors in China remove fish from man's rectum after he accidentally sat on it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, but that could be you know, the start of something massive, couldn't it? Again. What, think, think it Ripley, could be the next Wilcox, COVID. COVID-20. Think China. Yeah, I think that's what it could be. We could look back been, on this moment. A man has effectively been bummed by a fish. Yeah, we could look back on this moment in nine months' time and go, that's where the next one started. Oh, they were laughing about it back then. But now, look, yeah, everyone's dead because a load of yeah. fish have hatched up their bum holes. Yeah. All right, you said good. Uh, it's on the record now. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're back. We're going to do a, a Top Flight ch- tune machine on Sunday, which is going to be a yeah. very exciting one because we already know what it's about. Uh, that's for IFS Platinum. So subscribe or die. Bye. TTFN, dickheads. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.